Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. David Eichel, Sean Bach, HawkeyeInsider.com, 24-7 Sports. Here to preview Iowa, Iowa State. Before we get started, 60% off an annual subscription to Hawkeye Insider, 24-7 Sports. Stop waiting for the news. Get ahead of the news. Become a Hawkeye Insider today to get all the Iowa scoop that you desire. Sean, Cyhawk week, a lot of expectations. I think a lot of tension between both fan bases. And, you know, Nick Osen from our Cyclone Alert site and myself pre- did a preview podcast that will be up on Thursday morning as well. But, Sean, this is why I started out with Nick, and I kind of want your take on it. This is a very weird game. It seems like neither fan base is particularly confident going into this one. It's, uh, it just gives sort of an off vibe to kind of everything. Yeah, I mean, last year it seemed like both fan bases, I mean, more so Iowa State, I would say, felt a lot of confidence, and rightfully so. I mean, there was a lot of preseason expectations. The best team that Matt Campbell was going to have in his in his tenure in names and, you know, in the last couple of years for Iowa State as well, but didn't obviously didn't come to fruition. Iowa did what they needed to do. Kind of played Iowa football, honestly, in that game. And, you know, you you wish the offense maybe would have been a little bit better. But at the end of the day, Iowa found a way to win the game with defense, crossing turnovers, special teams, um, and taking advantage of Iowa State's mistakes, too. And I think that's one of those things where, you know, last year, I know you you questioned the offense at times, but I think going into last year's game, you felt a little more confident about the offense than you do going into this year's game, at least from a perspective of, okay, like look what this Iowa team did last week compared to what they did last year in the season opener. I mean, I know obviously it wasn't super overwhelming, but I think with this Iowa team and the way they played against South Dakota state, that has a lot of people being like, okay, like, yeah, this Iowa state team may have a couple of unknowns that, we're not particularly sure of. I mean, obviously, there's the buzz with Hunter Deckers throughout the offseason. Um, Xavier Hutchinson had a really good summer and had a really good season opener. Jarrell Brock is no Brees Hall, but still a pretty good player. And then there's a couple guys coming back on defense as well, mixed in with some new guys, transfer from Delaware, Kobe Reed at that linebacker spot. So I think if you're Iowa – you go off of, if you're an Iowa fan, I mean, you go off of last, last week's results and that's all fine, Danny. But I think you have to really, this is going to be one of those games where I know it's cliche, but it's a rivalry game. Records are thrown out the window. But I think this is going to be one of those games where if you're Iowa, you feel good because you beat Iowa State the last six times. And what I'm saying is you know how to beat Iowa State. Iowa State, especially in the Matt Campbell era, has not proven that they can beat Iowa. 
And while I think that's going to change at some point in the next couple of years, it's one of those things where it has to happen before you can believe it. I mean, Sean, you basically summed it up right there. I mean, I've written in my <clears throat> my previews, I've said on radio shows all week, you and I have talked about it off the air. I can't, I can't pick a team that has that big a losing streak to upset Iowa. I mean, I use the same logic when we talked about Minnesota, Iowa this year. Because if there's a year that Minnesota will beat Iowa, it's probably this year because Minnesota looks pretty good out of the gate. But Iowa State, too, I mean, I like Hunter Deckers. I think he has a higher ceiling than Brock Purdy. I have a problem with anointing him as better already. He hasn't done anything against anybody. I think, again, his ceiling is higher. I think he has more arm strength than talking to Kayvon Merriweather. He said we're expecting him to go deep and to really test the secondary. And really pull out all the stops. And something I talked to Nick Osen about on his podcast, if I'm Iowa State, I throw the ball down the field as many times as possible. What's the worst that happens? If Iowa intercepts it, okay, Iowa's offense hasn't proven that they can move the football at an effective rate. So Iowa takes over. I mean, Iowa started their own 42 on average against South Dakota State, Sean. They had zero points because you give the, the field goal to the special teams. I mean, Iowa didn't move the ball. I think they moved the ball five yards that drive, right? So mm-hmm. I think Hunter Deckers and Xavier Hutchins center really just get sort of test this Iowa secondary. And I like Jalen Noel from Iowa State, too. I think he's a speedster. I think he's got some good ability as well. I'm intrigued about how Iowa's passing schemes and their defense is really going to line up. But if I'm Iowa, Sean, I make Hunter Deckers beat you. This is a guy that hasn't proven it. He has This is by far the most hostile environment he's ever been a part of. If he gets backed up in that north end zone, I mean, that's going to be a huge weapon for Iowa. What if Iowa punts the ball? Torrey downs it at the 10. Back-to-back false starts. Okay, you have, a, you have a quarterback that's still relatively new in that north end zone. And he's on, you know, now they're thinking, oh, my God, we need to avoid a safety. And I know you hate the hypotheticals, but that north end zone and the false start, Sean, with young quarterbacks we've seen over the last two years, it's a very, very real advantage in Kinnick Stadium for Iowa when they're backed up like that. So, I'm intrigued about how that's going to go. I like Jarrell Brock. I think he's a very, very physical runner. Iowa would have taken, you know, Iowa won him very badly, but Iowa elected to go Tyler Goodson instead. And, you know, Iowa State put the full court press on, and they got Jarrell Brock's commitment on that. And I think he's going to turn out to be a good player. But it's just a game, Sean, where I don't really know what to expect. And I know we're supposed to know, but from week one to week two, I think when you talk about weeks that teams can make the most improvement during the course of the season, it is week one to week two. Because week one, you almost just got to throw out the window. I mean, we've seen weird stuff happen. I think back to, I think it was the 2009 season, Sean, where Iowa had to block back-to-back field goals against you and I in the first game to win. And then they went out and they trounced a seven-win Iowa State team. Are we going to see something like that happen? I don't know. Because this this offense has really given me no indication that they're uh, they're going to be able to improve and do those things that they need to do. Right. I think the comments from the coaching staff, while you know you don't really know how much to take into account with some of it, but I think with Brian Ferentz, I thought his comments were really interesting. Where he said, like, there was a we were really surprised that the offense did not execute the way that it had, and especially in practice, you know, whether that's lip service. Obviously, we heard all offseason that the offense was really making those strides, but you know, it's a it's a lot different when you put it on when you put it on the field when the lights are on. And, you know, it was I I I think the offensive line play, I think that had to do with it part of it. 
I also think receivers not gain separation. I think Peters was a real little rattled. I think there were so many components that went wrong. I mean, the run game wasn't going either. There were so many components that went wrong that honestly, like, I don't see how it could get any worse, but yeah, you know, you got to see it. You got to see it get to that next level before you can say, okay, like, yeah, it can't get any worse, but can it get any better? And That's you know, if point. they, if they don't, if it doesn't like, yeah, the defense is going to be really good, but it, that an offense like that could carry you to six wins, maybe max. Even then, it's like, yeah. no, like I'd say six, maybe seven, just because like, the special teams. But yeah. it's all ugly. It's all ugly, right? And I mean, a win is a win. That's that's obvious. I mean, Kirk Ferentz made that known on Hawk Talk yesterday. That honestly, the only thing they care about is that they get a win, but. They real they realized that the offense was not good last week, and it needs to be better before they play these types of games, or else you're gonna have a you're gonna have a loss in the game where people a lot of people thought you should have won. And on paper, I mean, I think Iowa does have a little have an edge, you know, when it comes to experience. Obviously, at the quarterback position, it's kind of tough to tell. I know Petrus has been the starter for going into his third year. This is Decker's is. Second overall start. All right, maybe he started. Did he start the game last year? I can't remember. I think he started maybe late in the season. I'm, I'm going to double check that right now, actually, because I know he did get some time against Kansas and Kansas State, I think. And Iowa last year in the fourth yep. quarter. He was 11 of 16. I think you almost throw that out, though. I mean, I, again, I talked about the Osen because Iowa had a lot of their backups in. Iowa was playing prevent defense. And that's no indictment on Deckers. He did what he was supposed to do. He checked it down and moved the football. That's not an right. indictment. He did what he was supposed to do, and he scored a touchdown. Um, yeah. Let me see. I don't think he started. Okay. Gotcha. No, saw action. So this is only his second career start. Exactly. And this is going to be a much different defense in Southeast Missouri. and I mean, a much different defense than a lot of the Big 12 teams, too. Yeah. No, no doubt. And I'm happy you brought up the uh, – the comments from Brian Ferentz, because this is something we need to talk about. I think he tried to give his full confidence to Petrus publicly, but this was some of the most damning criticism I've heard Brian Ferentz say. When he talked about, we felt there was ample opportunity in the pocket to deliver the ball where it needed to go. And I think while Iowa fans aren't thrilled about hearing that, they should be because at least they're self-aware enough to say, hey, you got to get this done. So Sean, this is what you and I talked about preseason. If he doesn't get it done, I really think that they will consider Padilla. I really do. Because going into Nevada, that's when you want the switch. You don't want the switch to come against at Rutgers. Because Rutgers beat Boston College. I mean, they're not going to be a great team, but that's improvement under Shiano. And I thought Brian was exactly right when he said, we don't want this to be like a baseball rotation we don't want to be like hey you didn't have his stuff today we're gonna pull him like if they make the quarterback change they're making the quarterback change so i understand that i do but sean what do you do i give i give him a half if petrus can't string together one or two touchdowns in the first half or at least show signs of promise having confidence and moving the football i really think they will consider going to padilla yeah that would be that would be something that would be – see, I, I, I see where you're coming from. And I think Petrus still has a tier on Padilla 
maybe in like a tier and a half, two tiers. Yeah. But as Kirk said before, it's like it comes down to winning games. And I know that's cliche. I know people hate to hear that. But he talked about how good he feels about Padilla, too, because he thinks that when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Padilla, or he knows that Padilla has won them football games, or at least, you know, been a major part in them winning football games. Yep. But that's with receivers last year that you had. While, you know, production wasn't overly solid in some areas. I mean, you had Keegan Johnson, that Minnesota game. You had Nico Regani. Um, you had Charlie Jones, who, I mean, wasn't obviously a huge impact at times, but it was another weapon. You had Arlen Bruce, who has your fourth option, who is now your number one option. And I'm not playing it all in the receivers, but I think this that has a major thing to do with it. But you got to be able to get guys the ball. And you have to have a run game, too, that yeah. is competent and can do something. Because if you don't, then with Iowa's offense, you're in a lot of trouble. You're not going to be able to get certain things done on that end. So, you know, there. I think there's more that they're going to look into. I think you don't want to change a quarterback in in conference play. Obviously, with injuries, it's a different yep. story. But I, I see. I think I'm a little, I'm a little looser on the Petrus leash than I think you are. I think so too, but Sean, it's just... I think I think they want to keep Petrus as quarterback, but if at some point he's got to help himself, right? That's the other part of it, and I there is something I'm looking more toward than just quarterback play for this offense, Sean. That's going to dictate to me if they can still win the Big Ten West. Mm-hmm. Can the O line be better? Because Iowa can escape mediocre quarterback play. Now, Iowa's going to need some chunk plays down the field. They're going to need some red zone passing touchdowns, right? I mean, that's just – in modern-day college football, you have to. But they can't average 1.6 yards a rush. Gavin Williams, I think, is going to help with that. I think stabilizing the offensive line is going to help. I think Colby and Richmond have big bounce-back games. But Will McDonald's a different animal. Will McDonald is, is a different beast. It's going to be a big opportunity for them. I think Colby, I think you and I agree. Colby has all the natural potential in the world to play tackle. I think he had to, he has to unlearn or at least set aside his guard techniques when he kicks out to tackle because he was doing things a guard would do while playing tackle. And that's just going to get you beat every single time or make the whole line kind of collapse. And Colby has that potential. I, and then need Logan. I think Logan Jones will be fine. I really do. I'm not, I'm not really worried about him. 
But Iowa needs to run the ball for four, four and a half yards carry. They, they, they just have to. If they can do that on a consistent basis, at least it gives Petra some breathing room. But at the same time, it's not exactly all the O-line's fault either. Teams are going to stack the box until Iowa can throw the football. And that's exactly what they should do. If I'm Iowa State, that's what I do. I know they run that 3-3-5 defense, Sean, but yeah. you stack nine in the box. Make Petrus hit the open throws. And I think as if, if you're an Iowa State fan, I think you can live with that. Yeah, and I think with run, or I know with running backs too, with the four, four and a half, five yards, it has to be three, six, four, five, and not one, negative one, 20. Yeah. Yep. Two, negative zero that like you have to you have to be able to stack up on carries I think that's going to be that's going to be really important because I mean no knock on Tyler Goodson but that was something that he kind of struggled with last year was he had those big runs but he also had runs where or moments where he was doing nothing I mean he had 55 rushing yards last year against Iowa State and you know Iowa came away with the win because the defense put in really good field position they were able to capitalize at times. I think arguably Spencer Peters' best throw during his career at Iowa came in that game when he threw it to Charlie Jones on that post route to the end zone. I think that throw in the one to Amir Smith-Marset against Wisconsin, I think it was in 2020, were probably two of the best throws that he had in his career. Yep. And if you're Peters, I think you need to add one more of those throws too against Iowa State. This whole, like I said, this whole game's interesting. And I will say Iowa has a special teams advantage. Iowa has a defensive advantage. I got a lot of flack from Iowa State fans, but Iowa's more talented top to bottom. I think Iowa State's more talented on offense at this point. I think it not becomes a pick but if you get Keegan back, you get Nico back, it's a different story. But this entire game, I wish I could get a read on. I really do. Because yeah. I think, I mean, it, it, this is probably the most complicated Iowa-Iowa State game I've covered in my career. And since I started covering Iowa back in 2018, I think Justin Jacobs' injury will hurt. But I also don't think that there's a lack of, that there's proven tight ends on Iowa State. It's not like he has to defend a Charlie Kohler, right? It's not like right. he has to defend all Big 12 caliber guys. I think Iowa runs maybe more of a 4-2-5 look. And I think you have full confidence in Cooper DeGene and what he's been proven and the buzz we've heard about him. I mean, he's, I think, number six on my list of most important Hawkeyes going in the season. Even though he only had four tackles hanging in the season, I think he's one of Iowa's most versatile players. But I'm just very intrigued because I think Iowa needs to protect the deep ball, not a lot of the chunk plays, but I really think that Phil Parker needs to dial up some blitzes and really try to get after Deckers and rattle them early. I think that's going to be the big, big, big key because this is a guy, again, who hasn't stepped into that hostile environment. You want to get him as rattled as possible early because with Iowa State, especially against Iowa, once they make a mistake, Sean, it's a domino effect. We've seen it time and time and time again. That's what we saw last year, for example. And as much of, you know, again, I think Iowa's more talented, but it's just as much of a mental hurdle for Iowa State at this point. I mean, Josh Pate, late kick. Uh, on late kick from 24-7 Sports, summed it up best when he talked about this game. I thought, Iowa just waits, man. They don't do anything overly sexy. They just wait, and they let teams beat themselves, and Iowa is so opportunistic that they strike. 
and they take advantage of those opportunities. Like Iowa's not going to probably do anything super crafty. We're just going to wait for Iowa State to hand the game over them. That's why Iowa's won the turnover battle over the last five years, 9-0 to zero against Iowa State. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. I I I don't want to say it comes down to the first turnover, but I think the turnover margin is going to be very important, as we saw last year, and you know, as we've seen the last six years, like that has been one of the more important parts of this game is turnover battle, and if Iowa can't, you know, force those turnovers, which I mean. The defense, a lot of trust in that defense, without a doubt. It's crazy. Like, a lot of trust. Almost almost too much trust. Exactly. And if this offense puts it together this game, like, this I, – I think Iowa State makes it close. I think it's going to come down to field goals. I think Iowa State is going to surprise a lot of people in the Big 12 this year. But I think it's going to come down to field goals, man. Like, but also, this game – the vibes that this season could have for Iowa fans, like I don't think there's an in-between. Like it's either going to be, you know, win or lose. If the offense doesn't play well, zero. Could go to 100. Offense plays well, defense plays well, Iowa wins. People are thinking Orange Bowl again. I This game is going to decide a lot it's, in my it's mind. It's crazy to me, dude. Like the, it's the second game of the year. Yeah, not not like decide. Like I don't think it's gonna be the end all be all. And I know like Iowa plays its best football in November, but I they think need some sign of end. life. Yeah, they need something. I mean, I didn't just react when I said it was Iowa's worst offense performance since 1979. I still believe that now, and it's given the caliber of the opponent and just what they showed, Sean. It's just. Here's what I don't want to happen. And Scott Dockman brought this up on Twitter. And it's crazy that we even have to talk about this. I don't want to talk about the booing incredibly long, Sean, but Scott Dockman is worried that if Petrus gets hurt, people are going to cheer. And yeah. that is just cruel. That's crazy to me. It's cruel on any level. And because you've covered Petrus, I've covered Petrus. He's a great kid. Like he is a good human being, and I think he's represented Iowa well in a lot, a lot of ways. And you know, given, I mean, I don't question his work ethic. I think he spent a lot of time, and I don't think people realize how much time he's put into his craft. But man, it's going to be. There's, there's a lot. And not even saying this from the recruiting perspective, Sean. There's going to be a lot of recruits there. A lot of parents there. Petrus's family is going to be there. Knock on wood, Petrus ever gets hurt. I can't definitively say that Iowa fans wouldn't cheer or be excited. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's get into final it, predictions. It sucks. It's, I, I just yeah. had to put that out there, and I hope people don't. John Miller said he kind of hopes fans give the offense a standing ovation when they go out there for the first time. I think that would be a very smart psychological move, and I think that would be the fans sort of – and the fans' version of the Jack Campbell speech post game, which I think is interesting. Um, anyway, we'll so see. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see how boozed up a lot of Kenny gets. Yeah, that's probably a fair point too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, getting a pick, Sean. I'll, I'll let you go first. Give me a couple of players to watch, and shoot me your final score. 
Obviously, Petrus, I think Gavin's going to be really important offense. You know, the offensive tackles for Iowa, um, Mason Richmond, Connor Colby, those two. Sam Laporta, I think, is going to play a huge role at tight end. Defense, Riley Moss going up against Xavier Hutchinson more than likely. I think Jack Campbell will need to have a big game. I'm looking at Noah Shannon, too. I think he's going to have a battle with uh, Trevor Downing at center. And then Quinn Schulte, I mean, you can't allow the Iowa State to get behind you. We saw that happen a couple years ago. Um, when Jack Kerner was at the free safety spot, you know, they might try and pick on, I think that was Jack's first year as a starting free safety too. Well, he came in, that was his first, that was one of his first starts as the free mm-hmm. safety, as a starting free safety for Iowa. Excuse me. I'm getting, sometimes I get 2019 and 2018 mixed up. It's a weird, it's a weird deal, <laughs> but that was, I mean, they, they tried to pick on him as we saw in that game. Yep. You know, they completed a couple long, long touchdown passes. And, you know, obviously Iowa came on top, but, you know, they might try and do the same to Quinn Schulte. So I think Schulte's going to be really important. Special teams, I think Aaron Blom is going to be huge. You know, I think it might come down to field goals, honestly, and special teams again. I know people don't want to hear that, but I think that's just reality. Torrey Taylor as well. Those guys, I think, are all going to be huge in this game. I said I think it comes down to special teams and defense. I think Iowa maybe makes one more play on offense, which I know find it hard to believe. I think Iowa State is going to have a lead at one point and people are going to be on the edge. But I think Iowa finds a way to pull it out by, you know, a field goal or four points. I think the thing that will break Iowa psychologically, Sean, and boost Iowa State is if Iowa State gets the first turnover of the game. Yeah. Because oh, yeah, of how, point. how prominent this stat that stat has become. It's a focal point. Matt Campbell's been asked about the past two years. The locker room is, quote, well aware of it. I'm picking Iowa. Yeah. Same reason as we kind of talked about earlier. I, I can't pick Iowa State. I think it's much of a mental block at this point. I think Iowa does get in the end zone, which is crazy that I even have to talk like that. But here we are, 2022. I think Petrus throws a touchdown. I think Gavin Williams gets a couple tough first downs. I'm going to go Iowa 17, Iowa State 16. I think Iowa just squeaks it out. I think the offense comes out a little bit more inspired. I think they come away a little bit more confident after the game. But this is not going to be an easy win. This is not going to be comfortable. I like what you said about Iowa State having a lead at one point. I think they will too. But here's a couple stats for you. Since 2015, when Iowa played for the Big Ten Championship, Iowa's been favored by fewer than six points 20 times. The Hawkeyes have won 19 of them. The only losses coming against 2020 Purdue. Uh, 16 of the 20 games saw a spread of three and a half or fewer. Iowa is 15 and one outright and 12 and four against the spread in those games. Four of those wins came against Iowa State. Iowa's favored by three and a half points. That is Chris Falica, the Bear ESPN. So... Iowa's good about that, and I think that Iowa – I do think Kirk and them have done a very good job of telling the locker room that nobody believes them. Everybody expects Iowa State to win, at least on the national pundits. Everything I see, I think a lot of people expect Iowa State to win, and that's when Iowa thrives. But this is not going to be an offensive revolution. I think Iowa finds a way to get in the end zone. But with all the replacing pieces that Iowa State is doing on offense, I'm taking Iowa's defense. I think they're too stout. I think they're too tough. And I think that Phil's going to dial up a couple things just to try to rattle Deckers. And again, if Torrey Taylor pins him deep in that north end zone, Sean, I'm not even going to rule out a safety. I'm really not. I think I think I was more than fired up for this game. But uh, 
it's going to be a fun one. And Sean, I hate not feeling like I have a good grasp on how this game's going to go before we even get into it. I really don't. I don't like it. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, it's uh, it's a little uncomfortable. But hey, I mean, second game of the season still a lot of season left to play. It's going to be it's going to be fun in Iowa State. I'm really looking forward to it. I think it'll be interesting, too, even if Iowa does lose, Sean. I mean, they lose the rivalry game, but everything else is still on the table. But I don't think anybody's going to realize that. Yeah, regardless. it's going <laughs> to be a meltdown if Iowa wins, no matter what the result is. Yeah. I mean, if Iowa loses, sorry. Yeah. And I will say, too, I meant to bring this up earlier when you talk about South Coast State and the win's a win or whatever. But, Sean, it felt like more like a loss. It just did. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't a whole ton positive takeaway. Obviously, Tory Taylor, defense, Cooper DeGene, Quinn Schulte, um, Terry Roberts played well. Um, but outside of that, I mean, there really wasn't a lot of positives, and those are the types of games where you want to take in positives, but there really wasn't any. Yeah. Hawkeye and Sarah, David Eichel, Sean Bach, follow us on Twitter at D- David Eichel, at SBach247, at Hawkeyes on 247. Stay tuned to Hawkeye for all your Iowa, Iowa State pregame coverage, in-game coverage, post-game coverage, and everything else. Until then, talk to you after Iowa State.